Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Radically Loved. I am joined by a very special guest. And truly, I say this all the time, but this guest specifically is very special, and I will tell you why. The book that this man wrote was so good. I read it. Mm. I listened to it three different times, and one of the times I was actually able to get Tori my partner to listen to it. And he never ever reads any of the books that I read. And the fact that he (laughs) was so as into it as I was literally, it sort of created this bond between us that we didn't have before. And it opened up so many different conversations where we both realized how much we related to your, well, okay, I'm talking to him now, but just so you guys know, Alex Benayan is here. He is, (laughs) I'll read you just like the little snippet. The larger than life journey of an 18-year-old college freshman who set out from his dorm room to track down Bill Gates, Lady Gaga, Steven Spielberg, and dozens more of the world's most successful people to uncover how they broke through and launched their careers. Alex Benayan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I love, I love the story of you listening to the audiobook together that yeah. warmed my heart a lot. Yeah. And obviously we have a couple of mutual friends mm-hmm. and little shout out to Sahara Rose for connecting us. She's my boo. And um, I love we, we were actually how you came up because we were having this conversation of, you know, incredible guests that we've had sort of collaborating, like, oh, you should have this person on, or she's telling me. And she was like, who are your, some of your dream guests? that you haven't interviewed. And I remember when you were doing your book tour, when you were doing podcasts, when uh, The Third Door came out, I was actually in contact with somebody trying to coordinate, but it was one of those, like, it just didn't happen, you know? And I just always left it on my list. Like, I just really want to talk to him. Like, if you were saying that to Sahar, you're telling it to the good person. Anything from her, I, I trust. So she was like, oh, I know him. And I'm like, make this happen for me. And she did. So thank you so much for agreeing to do it. Thank you. There is so much of the book that I resonated with, but I think the main thing that I really felt, God, there were so many compelling parts. I think really what has inspired me the most of your journey is your overall tenacity, your energy, your dedication to learning and just the sheer resilience that you have. I mean, there's the Tim Ferriss story that was really hilarious, (laughs) like the entire time where you basically show the sort of like what to do and what not to do, right? And I think all of that is incredibly fascinating and really speaks to your your own character. And so I'd really love us to have a conversation as much as I want to ask you questions about the book. Yeah. I really want to talk about 
your own process during that experience and where you are now with it. Like now that you've shared these stories with the world, you've shown other people that there are other ways to find mentors or to ask those questions. How has all of that come together? How has it all sort of taken root in your life from sharing all of this in Hmm. the last couple of years? I'm still learning, which is part of the fun of it. There was definitely a part of me that when the book did come out, thought, you know, for people who are, you know, not as familiar with it, the the third door is a seven-year journey. The book covers seven years of my life, setting out essentially from my college dorm room with, you know, nothing going for me other than a crazy dream to go learn from the people I dream of learning from. And that wild adventure to track them down, learn from them and essentially uncover what the mindset of success looks like. And, you know, the past three years, so the first seven years really going on that journey and putting those stories together and doing the research. The past three years, as you said, you know, has been a lot of sharing those stories and sharing the lessons, seeing how it resonates. I have been learning so much more from seeing the ideas in action with people um, than I could have imagined. And as I, you know, I'm still pretty young, as I figure out my you know, next chapters in life and that, you know, navigate what's next for me. Oh my God. The, the, the things that I struggled with, with the third, when I was starting the third door 10 years ago, they still come back up. Mm. And it's actually been a very enlightening process to see what comes back the same way, what comes back less intense. What am I more confident to deal with? What am I just as scared shitless of? And it's been a surprise. Yeah, like what can you share with us? Like what one of the things that has come up with come up recently that was the same as before? Yeah, something that I wasn't expecting, which in hindsight makes so much sense, but I wasn't expecting is the what do I want to do with my life crisis? When it comes, it comes and it hits you like a truck. And, you know, when I was 18, starting the journey of the third door 10 years ago, it made sense why I was going through it. You know, I was a son of Persian Jewish immigrants. I had spent my entire life thinking I was going to be a doctor. I'd go to college as the pre-med of pre-meds. And eventually I find myself on that dorm room bed, staring up the ceiling, saying, what the hell am I doing with my life? You know, I knew I wasn't on my path, but I had no idea what my path looked like. And I had no idea how the people who I looked up to, how they did it. Now this year though, this past year, question of what I want to do with my life hit me again. And... It actually makes me think back. One of the people who I interviewed for the book, and it actually didn't make it into the book, but it was just such an amazing conversation still though. And one line in particular say to me, do you remember Geek Squad? Remember those cars that would yes. drive around at Best Buy that would fix your mm-hmm. computers? So this is the founder of Geek Squad. And I was in San Francisco with him. And he said, if you're not going through the what I want to do with my life crisis every 10 years, you're doing something wrong. Oh. If you're not going through the what am I doing with my life crisis. Every 10 years, you're doing something wrong. And essentially what he's getting at, it's the same thing we all, you know, that uh, sound you just made is because you know it. Yeah. You know it. We all, everyone listening to it knows it. We don't like to admit it, but there is a part of us deep down that isn't looking for success. You know, success implies a singular destination. What it's looking for is continued growth. What it's looking for is a deeper sense of meaning, a deeper sense of contribution, a deeper sense of alignment, a deeper sense of connection. And by definition, there is no finish line in in those categories. 
if you're looking for growth, there is no, there is no pinnacle. So it's been really interesting for me personally to go through the crisis myself, learn the lessons, do the research, share it with the world, and then have to use it on myself once again. And those tools, whether it's a tool to help me find my path, a tool to help me feel unstuck or get unstuck, a tool um, to help me with my fears that were exacerbated the past year. It's been a phenomenal, gut-wrenching experience. Yeah. Wow. It's so true, everything that you're saying. And I know that a lot of people can relate to that because I feel like in the last year and a half, so many people were faced with having to look at that and maybe not in the way that they wanted to, you know, with the pandemic and people losing their jobs or people having to question what their priorities are and how they're spending their time and all sorts of different questions coming in that people were forced to slow down. Most of the time we can keep ourselves busy in the rat race of life, in the mundanity of Mm -hmm. the everyday existence that we sort of forget to ask those really important questions. So I love that you're saying that. And and I'm so bummed that that didn't make it in the book. I'm like, is there an extended (laughs) version coming out? But I'm also curious as to what your thoughts are on Because I feel like so much has changed since even when the book came out, right? Even since you, the seven years it took you to go through this process of contacting these incredible entrepreneurs, teachers, and learning from them. Would that be possible today in the age where there's, in a sense, more less physical access to people. I feel like what was most potent about your experience was that you were able to actually be in the presence of these people, Jessica Alba, you know, like Bill Gates. Like you were actually able to sort of have that at Steven Spielberg, you know, when you were at USC and going and having that interaction. Can people still have this sort of mentorship experience with somebody who's maybe a little further along the path or somebody that they look up to via this digital platform. And you're asking specifically in this exact present moment. Yeah. Like of, right of now. Zoom. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. You know, I do a lot of work with companies who have big sales departments and they have a similar question of look on the one hand, everyone's on the same playing field. That's the pretty much the best thing you got going for you. Everyone's on the, it's not like just you are stuck in a Zoom screen and everybody else is at a conference. No, everyone is pretty much on the same field. You know, I'll call right now's phase a bit more hybrid. And there's some events that are outdoor in mass. There are some events that are online. You know, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. You know, I like to think of a lot of entrepreneurship, like you look at farming, there's droughts. There's dry seasons, there's famines, there are viruses that wipe out your crop for two years. Now, what the farmer does is the farmer just does what a farmer can do. You just go and you till the soil, you plant more seeds. You don't really have a choice other than to just keep trying. It's so easy for us, though, in our more you know modern world to you know freak out and run around and say, what are we going to do? What is there to do? What can we do? But if you actually look at our, you know, ancestors, we all came from, you know, hunters and gatherers and farmers. You just go and you work the land and you just go and you, you know, you're powerless over the weather, but you still go out there and plant the seeds anyways. Yeah. No, the same is true when you're going after your own dream. Mm. You're powerless over the pandemic. You're powerless over 
in-person events or virtual events, we're pretty powerless over that. Yeah. Where you do have control is what you do when you wake up in the morning. Are you opening that book and reading through the research? Are you staying up in the middle of the night, you know, watching YouTube videos to, you know, hone your craft? Are you connecting with people and going on walks with them to learn what they're up to? Are you cultivating, like you say, that sense of excitement about what you're looking for? Like those are things you do have control over. Yeah. So it's almost like utilizing it to, you just use the the best tools that you have at the moment that you have them. Yeah, and it doesn't just... mean it's easy and it doesn't mean it feels good. You know, if you feel like shit, congratulations. I'm, I've been <laughs> in the same boat. Yeah. No, I'm a big fan. I'm, we're realists here in this community. We're all, we're all about discussing the, the beauty of impermanence and how nothing yeah. lasts, which by the way, actually brings me to something I'm curious about just again, for yourself, like if there was something that you in the process of writing the book, the book coming out, was there anything that surprised you about the book journey mm -hmm. for you? Well, upon its release or in hindsight, when I look back on the... On in the hindsight, like looking back now. There's a part, it's so weird. There's a part of me that when you're in the moment, I don't know, I was like sort of delusional. I was like this 18-year-old kid that thought like, oh, I'll go interview Bill Gates in the next three months and interview everyone else. Like I thought on the one hand, it would be this like magical, easy process. On the other hand, it took seven years to pull it off. In hindsight, I'm like, holy crap, I can't believe it sort of worked. There's a part of me that's like, oh, wow. Like, and, and do you know what it is, though? It's the same phenomenon. Again, I never have, never will be able to, you know, give birth. But I, when I have talked to my mom or family members who have, they talk about how, like, the day before their pregnancy, they're like, I'm never doing this shit again. <laughs> again, I, I can't speak to the experience. I'm just sharing experiences from family members right. I've heard. And it's so funny. I I said I remember like the months before my book came out, I would tell my friends, like, I'm never doing this thing. This is a disaster. This is painful. This is torture. And sure enough, here I am a couple of years later being like, oh my God, it was so beautiful. It was so fulfilling. And that's just part of the beauty of the human condition. When something, even if it's painful, gives us a sense of fulfillment and a sense of meaning, the pain becomes much more impermanent and the fulfillment stays with us. Yeah. The pain becomes impermanent. The fulfillment stays with us. And by the way, that's not always the case. That's not always the case. But when it is the case, it's actually a sign that you're doing something you were meant to do. Whether it's writing a book, starting a podcast, helping a family member in need. You know, I know when my dad was sick with pancreatic cancer, it was, it was really painful being there with him every day. But that pain was impermanent. Knowing that I was there for him has stayed with me. Yeah. And also just such a beautiful story. I mean, the way that you tell the story of that entire experience in the book was, uh, it was so heartfelt and it was definitely the most moving part. And you're such an incredible storyteller as well. You know, like you just did such an incredible job with taking the reader on this journey and to feel encouraged even when being faced with something so heartbreaking. 
The holidays are over and it's time to set our eyes on new goals and a new year. After the frenetic stress of the end of the year and the holiday season, your immune system might be feeling a little bit worn down, especially in the thick of winter when it's sick season. And yes, my friends, there's still the normal things that go on during this time. We get colds, we're exposed to perhaps more viruses, and our immune system needs to be strong and healthy so we can tackle those 2022 goals. Did you know that one of the biggest ways you can boost your immunity is by supporting your gut health? It's true. In fact, 70% of your immune system is all in your gut. Jonathan Jacobs is an MD and professor at UCLA, and he says that the microbiome and the immune system are critically intertwined. This means that if you eat the wrong things, your immune system will suffer. But if you eat the right things, your immune system will get stronger. Now, I understand it's not easy to eat all the right things all the time, and that's why I recommend that you take Biome Breakthrough daily. Biome Breakthrough contains powerful probiotics and prebiotics, as well as one-of-a-kind ingredient called IGY Max. IGY Max is a patented egg-based protein that enhances gut health, reverses damage caused by antibiotics, and even helps with immunity threats. Biome Breakthrough and Magnesium Breakthrough are staples in my daily supplement routine. I feel so much healthier when I know that I'm taking the right supplements to promote my optimum health. You can make Biome Breakthrough part of your daily ritual as well. You can eliminate bad bacteria, feed the good bacteria, and build your immunity and repair your gut lining all at the same time. The best time to take Biome Breakthrough is first thing in the morning. You can mix it in an 8-ounce glass of water and drink it on an empty stomach to experience less sickness, fewer gut problems, and less gas and bloating. So let's start the year off right. Power your immunity today by trying Biome Breakthrough risk-free at biomebreakthrough.com forward slash radically loved and use the promo code radically loved 10 to receive 10% off of any order. You have a 365 day money back guarantee. No questions asked. That's biomebreakthrough.com forward slash radically loved. Use the promo code radically loved 10 to get 10% off of any order. Sometimes doing less can lead to so much more. Dyspia Stories believes in less analyzing and more feeling your feelings. Less stressing and more easing into things. Less scrolling and more savoring the moment. Less pressure, more pleasure. Part of my nighttime routine is to read a novel before I go to bed. I try not to watch television, so I either listen to a story or I read something. And you know, at night, sometimes I like something a little bit juicy. Dyspia Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories, and now they even have brand new written stories. No matter who you are, what you're into, or what turns you on, Dyspia helps bring the stories to life anytime, anywhere. There are hundreds of stories to choose from and they release new content every week, so there's always more to explore. And for all of our Radically Loved listeners, Dyspia is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dyspiastories.com forward slash loved. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to www.dipseastories.com forward slash loved dyspiastories.com forward slash loved you'll get 30 days of full access for free it's draining trying to find wellness supplements that aren't packed with unnatural ingredients and actually work the key word here is work you see there's plenty of stuff on the market but most of it is crap that's just the truth getting a helpful boost of natural energy should be simple right and it is with super speciosa When I need real, powerful energy, I reach for Super Speciosa's Kratom. 
Their products are all natural, all organic, and only one ingredient, pure kratom leaf. Kratom is an ancient super leaf that comes from deep within the jungles of South Asia. For hundreds of years, the local farmers have depended on kratom's alkaloid-rich leaves to help alleviate the pain caused by their demanding jobs. So what makes Super Speciosa's kratom so unique is that all of their batches come from a certified lab. This way you know exactly what you're getting and that what you're getting is a high quality product. So with each lab report, you can see the specific alkaloid level of each strain, which is pretty epic, right? Usually when I buy any supplement that has an energy component, it's usually packed with all these other items that I can't either A, pronounce or know what they are. Super Speciosa products use only one ingredient and one ingredient only, pure kratom leaf. And it's rigorously tested for purity and safety, always. Kratom is usually sold at outrageous markups, but not for the radically loved listeners. Super Speciosa is offering an incredible discount. When you use the promo code LOVED, you'll gain preferred access to all the Super Speciosa's amazing Kratom products at 20% off. So head over to getsuperleaf.com forward slash loved and use the promo code LOVED to get 20% off. That's www.getsuperleaf.com forward slash loved. Getsuperleaf.com forward slash loved to get 20% off of your order. And I hope that you all enjoy Kratom as much as I do. I'm curious how that was for you if having to answer questions about, you know, your dad, like, did people ask you questions about it? Like, how mm. how is it for you to have to sort of think about it, you know, often? Yeah, it was gut-wrenching. It still is at times. What most people don't know, and I haven't talked about too much, is, you know, not only did my dad pass away uh, before the book came out, Two days after the book came out, my grandfather passed away. Mm. And then 30 days after that, my grandma passed away. And the year before that, one of my childhood friends passed away at 25. So there was a lot of grief at that time in my life, particularly. And I remember something very, very clearly. And it was in that first, I think this was within the first month. I think my grandma was like days away from passing away. My grandpa had already passed away and it was the first month of the book coming out. And as you know, this was seven years in the making, my biggest dream. Yeah. So, you know, as much as I wanted to sit in my grief, there was also a part of me that like, as a former self love wanted to push the book as hard as I could. Cause this, yeah. this wasn't just a, a job. This was, this was a dream. And I remember I was going into a big, big, big radio interview. It was like my biggest one I had booked the whole month. And just being like paralyzed with grief. And with grief, those who have experienced it know it sort of has a mind of its own. Normally comes at the most inconvenient times. Like when you're like sitting on a couch with a box of tissues, you feel nothing. Right. <laughs> you know, when it's convenient. But like 30 minutes before your wedding day when all your makeup's done, that's when it comes. Or like, so like it always comes and you're like, no, please not. Yeah. Like right? That's how grief works. The worst possible time. Right. Correct. So this was like 30 minutes before my biggest press moment for the book. I'm just like sobbing in the car. And I remember being like, should I cancel? Should I not do it? What do I do? And I remembered something I had once heard Oprah Winfrey and Maya Angelou in a conversation. I was, you know, in my, what's interesting with the third door is I just had spent all these years researching. So there's all these like stories that are just like somewhere in my head. 
And I remember Oprah Winfrey talking about how when she was scared the most at a stage in her career where she was getting in a, a really big, troublesome situation, her mentor, Maya Angelou, she would, even if they weren't physically together, she would like call on her spirit and ask her to walk in with her. It was actually a court case. Oprah had to go into this big high profile court case. And she would like imagine Maya Angelou's spirit holding her hand and walking in with her. And I remember sitting in the car before this radio interview and just asking my dad to come to, to the interview with me. And sure enough, as life happens, the first question from the radio host was, I heard your dad passed away. How was that? And I'm so grateful that I felt like my dad was with me in that moment because it was as if I was talking to him. And one of the things I've had to learn about grief, about fear, about any, any of these uncomfortable feelings that I have an instinct of wanting to push away is that there is a, there is another way to relate to them. And that's by inviting them in. And while it feels like the complete opposite of my instincts, it's actually the action that feels the most soothing and the most relieving. Well, I mean, yeah, most of the time we would spend our time pushing things away or trying to prepare Mm -hmm. for that energy to come back to us when is best suited for (laughs) us, right? It's like- On our terms. Yeah, I have the box now. I'm going to wait until six o'clock when I clock out so that I can go cry then or have my feelings then. And it's just, that's not- not the way. It's such an interesting thing too, energetically. I'm such an energy person too, right? And I'm like, of course, that's the first question that was asked. That's why you were having that moment. And that's why you felt your dad there. And that's why he asked you that question, you know? But there's also this anchoring that can happen when you are that connected, but it doesn't make the pain of not having our loved ones here now, right? I mean, there's still that like, it's part of what the mind does. The mind always wants what's better. And so, of course, it would be better if this this person was here what now. We think or, it, what we think is better. Right, exactly. What we think is right. better, not what actually would be like better. Who because, are we to know? Exactly. But, but, we, but we think we know. Yeah, exactly. So, and you're, are, you're working on a new book? Very slowly in the process. But what I am working on right now in particular is... Part of this, you know, press tour right now is giving people tools to help them with exactly what we were just talking about. Yeah. You know, with the new year, you know, a year and a half plus of a pandemic behind us, with so with uncertainty in front of us, the question of what do I want to do with my life? How do I find my path? How do I find my chapter? Um, is bigger than ever. You know, I'm sure you've seen headlines that more people have quit their jobs in American history in the past couple of months than ever in recorded history. I just saw a new study yesterday that almost 50% of people are considering, by the way, these are the people who stayed at their jobs are considering leaving. And that's not counting all the people who also aren't in jobs that they either want or find fulfilling. So, you know, you and I were talking about this almost microcosm story of me wondering what I want to do with my life and you feeling that too. But the reality is almost everyone I'm speaking to is going through this. And I'm happy to share some of the tools that I've been using on myself and on different entrepreneurs and different companies that I work with. 
But what I have learned at the end of the day is that that dread in your stomach of, am I on my path? What am I doing with my life? That tension is actually the best part of you. You know, Viktor Frankl, the you know, famed psychiatrist who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, talks about how that tension is actually a prerequisite to mental health. Because what that tension is saying to you is that there's a version of you that is capable of more, of more meaning, of more contribution, of more joy. And the tension between who you are today and who you know deep down you can be next month, next year, that tension is actually the seed of change. So while it makes your stomach twist, while it makes you want to hide under the blankets and pull the covers over your head, it's actually the healthiest part of you. And the reason I can speak for myself and for my friends, the reason no one likes to talk about it is because we're told you should be grateful. You should be grateful you have a job. You should be grateful you have a roof over your head. What is wrong with you? Why can't you be content like, like everyone else? And they're not mutually exclusive. You can be grateful you have food. You can be grateful you have a roof over your head. You can be grateful you have a job and still acknowledge your human desire for growth and for more. Yeah. Oh, so good. I'm like, that is so true. And it's so good. And the fact that we still go in on people with that, whatever, like people call it toxic positivity or, or whatever, where it's just like, yeah, you just need to be positive is, is so detrimental, I think, because it's sort of keeping you in the dark of what your true feelings are. And it's numbing your discernment to know whether that Mm -hmm. tug in your stomach is inviting you to explore it or, you know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm a huge, huge believer in that. There's a lot of people who say you should only think positive because you manifest what you think for the most part. Yes. But there's also a huge value in taking the time to look at that twist in your stomach. Yeah. That nauseous feeling you feel at three o'clock in the morning when you're staring at the ceiling and saying, what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. So I, I feel like this was just like an intro chat. I definitely want to have you on the show again, but I want to be respectful of your time. There is one final question that I ask before I ask you that. I'm just curious if there is a question that nobody's ever asked you that you, you wish somebody would have asked you. I don't know why this is coming to me, but I think because I wrote a book, essentially going to learn from my heroes, people assume that the people I looked up to when I was 18 are the same people I looked up to now. Mm. They've changed. They've evolved. And actually, it's something I'm so proud of because I haven't evolved them consciously. But as I look at myself, because even as I tell the story of the third door of chasing down Bill Gates and Lady Gaga, and Steven Spielberg and you know Warren Buffett, what's amazing is you know Alex, 10 years later, is looking at other people for guidance and for mentorship. And in the things I value, there's this, you know, very beautiful quote that I love that says, when I was young, I admired clever people. As I grew older, I admired kind people. And it's taken me many years to realize the depth of that quote, which is that kindness, like real kindness, not like the, oh, so nice to meet you bullshit. Like, like when someone does something that challenges your very sense of identity and safety and you can still respond with respect kindness to yourself when you feel guilt and shame like that the real deep shit oh that's really hard Mm. and when i see someone particularly people who have been through hell and back walk out i know that shit didn't happen on its own 
because natural inertia takes you to closing off resentments, not trusting, which is normal. It's actually more normal for someone to go through the Holocaust and come out. It's expected without faith in God, without any desire of trusting other human beings. So, you know, they went through the Holocaust. But when you hear stories of people who chose to marry, chose to love, chose to have families, chose to work, chose to go back to Germany and rebuild museums, those stories just make me cry every time because it shows that the resilience of the human experience is far beyond our understanding. God, that's good. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. It's powerful. And it's so interesting how as we get older, the people we looked up to change. As they should. Yeah. Just like Absolutely. our taste in friends change. Our, yes. our, the things we admire in our spouses change. Our relationships with our parents and our siblings change because our lens changes. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Where can people go for more information if they want to learn more about you or reach out to you? Well, first of all, I just want to say I'm so grateful. This was so fun. And again, I really meant it. Hearing that the two of you listen to the pod, listen to the audiobook together, that I'll tell you one of the things that I'll always remember. Someone after the book came out told me, a woman, I think maybe in her mid-30s, told me she's been reading The Third Door for the second time. I said, that's so amazing. What inspired the second time? I was like, well, the first time I read it um, to help with, she worked in sales to help with my job. The second time I've been reading it as a bedtime story to my two-year-old. And I just started like crying. Wow. And, you know, you sharing that you listen to the audio book with your partner, you know, hit the same spot of, of fulfillment. So I just want to say thank you for that. And if, you know, someone does end up getting the book and reading it because of our conversation, like, yeah, definitely let me know so I can say thank you. Instagram, Twitter, it's all the same. It's at Alex Benayan. And the book is wherever people like to get books. So whether that's Audible or Amazon or Barnes and Noble, I'm grateful either way. Thank you so much for sharing that and for saying that. We will put all of the links in the show notes wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're watching the video, it'll be in the description below. So make sure to check those out. I do have the final question that I ask all of yes. my guests is how do you feel radically loved? Mm. This is a new, new relationship for me, which is a relationship with a higher power. And there's lots of different names. People call it God, the universe, uh, spirit. I, I use God, but you know, whatever, for some people it's nature, whatever that thing is that's bigger than us. Cause you know, we, as we were talking about this year, proved human beings have barely a grip on our world you know barely we we think we're all powerful we invented the iphone we can't control shit um, there is a there is a higher and whatever you want to call it you can just call it nature you can call it the universe whatever it is there is something and at least for myself the choosing to believe that that higher power does love me is taking care of me is trying to guide me and cultivating that sense of love and connection and conscious contact has added a new flavor of love that I didn't know existed. I love that. Wow. 
And you're speaking our language because we are into all of those forms of radical love. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom with us and for your incredible body of work. And albeit it's something that, you know, was part of your experience many years ago. I think it's so poignant to generations to come. I think, again, the the way that you speak to resilience, the way that you show up and the way that you speak to other people from a heart-centered and grounded place, I think, unfortunately, is few and far between in this industry. And so I just want to thank you for being one of the ones that are real and authentic. And I, the word authentic can sometimes get really overused and... It sometimes triggers me, but it's hard when it's actually I, it's the real. highest compliment. I you know? Okay, it. so good. So thank you so it's much for, for doing this and for being on here. We're so grateful. Please come thank back you. again thank and you. see us again. And everybody listen to this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. We love you. And don't forget that you are radically loved and radically supported. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.